Retail sales of marijuana have been legalized in four states, and others are likely to follow. One striking feature of the rollout of these laws has been the popularity of edible marijuana products, including candy bars and other sweets. But a lack of regulation means that many marijuana edibles are manufactured to resemble traditional sugary snacks, and thus they could be highly appealing to children. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Robert McCoon, a professor at Stanford Law School and a senior fellow at the Freeman Spogli Institute for International Studies. Professor McCoon has co-authored a perspective article on the retail promotion of marijuana edibles. Professor McCoon, you write in your article that state ballot propositions that legalized marijuana didn't prohibit edibles from being sold in formulations and in packages that might appeal to children. So was the marketing of these types of products unexpected? I think the popularity of these products was unexpected. The products themselves began to emerge first in medical marijuana dispensaries in California and Colorado and Washington, a few other states. But it was kind of under the radar screen of, I think, most policymakers. And so there wasn't much regulation planned in advance. And this is partly the nature of the ballot initiative process, is that ballot initiatives tend to be much more sketchy and vague than legislation that comes out of a legislature. You also write in your article that some marijuana edibles contain four or more times the THC concentrations that are considered to be safe. Ghosh and colleagues, in another perspective article, describe edibles that have been implicated in at least two deaths in Colorado. What are states where recreational use is now legal doing to minimize this risk of overintoxication, especially among children? Well, in our opinion, they're not doing nearly enough. And it may take some years before we fully understand the risk associated with edibles. And in the meantime, there are certainly enough indications that people are having problems with this that at the very least, you need child-proof packaging, but that may help with small children, but that's not going to be a much of a barrier to older children. There is language that's evolving in both Colorado and Washington State about the risk to children, about that the product should only be used by someone who's an adult, and that there's even language about standardized doses, but in fact, it's not very clearly regulated right now in terms of what does it mean to have a standardized dose. They haven't solved the technical problems of standardizing the dose, figuring out what the right dose is, and then from a quality control perspective, making sure that that's implemented. And then finally, I think a very easy step that wouldn't restrict any adults' rights to purchase these products is that they could be packaged in a way that they don't look like candy, they don't look like treats. Another concern about these edibles packaged as they are is that they could increase the probability of initiation of marijuana use. They could reduce the average age at which marijuana use starts. Are public health officials or researchers trying to track those trends, if they are trends? Well, because this is such a new phenomenon, we don't have enough of a base rate yet of statistics really epidemiologically establishing those linkages. So those are concerns that we raise in the article that need to be tracked. I would say it's not entirely speculative because we know that from research on tobacco and alcohol that the packaging of, for example, candy-flavored cigars, sweet-flavored cigars, are very popular among teenagers. A significant fraction of all teenagers who experiment with tobacco in high school are experimenting with these candy-flavored cigars. We see similar things with going back to when I was in high school, these Boone's Farm apple wine and these sickly sweet wines were very appealing to young people. 
And this is why people were concerned about the Joe Camel advertising campaign, which seemed to glamorize cigarettes for young people. So that's the kind of thing we're concerned about here. As you note, the Food and Drug Administration could determine that marijuana edibles qualify as food and then address them under regulations about food adulteration. That hasn't happened. Why do you think the FDA has avoided getting involved in this area? Well, in fairness to them, it is a newly emerging concern, but I think there's also a very complex political and legal issue, which is that we have a conflict between state and federal law. So the state legalization of marijuana is in conflict with the Controlled Substances Act at the federal level. And the federal government has taken sort of a wait-and-see attitude of not getting involved in this. And for any agency of the federal government to begin to regulate, it's hard to just do a little bit of regulation. They sort of have to take on the entire ball of contradictions and try to rationalize federal law if they get involved in regulation. So they've been very reluctant, I think, to enter into this domain. But I don't think it requires federal action. I think there's plenty that the states can do to regulate this. So in addition to state restrictions, one could also imagine court cases that could lead to safer packaging for these edibles. How do you see the issue playing out in the states where it's now legal and in states where it may become legal in the future? Well, there are two ways that this might happen. One has already started to happen, which is that candy manufacturers that have brands that are being imitated, like the Hershey's company, are filing suit to take products off the market that too closely resemble their own products. So that's one form of litigation that I think has already started, and we probably will see more of that. Another kind of litigation that hasn't happened yet, but I think that is very plausible, is that parents who've children have encountered these substances, particularly in cases where the parents themselves didn't purchase the product, could file suit for damages for harms to their children because of the way the products are packaged. And I don't know if litigation of this sort is enough to actually change regulations, change policies directly, but I think what it would serve to do is really heighten the political salience of the issue and put pressure on regulators to tighten things up a bit. Perhaps in that regard, finally, looking beyond edibles, there are other relevant public health issues that have been raised, increased availability of marijuana in all forms, the increased potency of smokable marijuana, and the question of whether marijuana use impairs driving. How do you think states can deal with that whole collection of issues? Well, I think we really need to watch the potency issue very closely. There's no conclusive evidence yet, but there's certainly suggestive evidence that as the potency of THC in marijuana has been increasing over the years, that that has led to more public health types of harms. One indication of this is in the Netherlands, as retail marijuana started increasing, the number of people turning up voluntarily for marijuana treatment at treatment centers started rising. And that's quite significant because in the Netherlands, you're not sent by the police or the courts to treatment These are people who actually sought out treatment themselves. So I think certainly one thing that could have been done that hasn't been done is that we could be taxing marijuana products by their THC content, and that might serve to steer people toward lower potency products. Thank you, Professor McCoon.